probably all be checking in with someone every now and then. After we, we imploded in the league last year, I wasn't right for yeah. a long time. Keep up to date with the latest WSL action and the biggest interviews. Subscribe to the Koi Gig podcast stream on the OTV Sports app now. So many critics, these pundits. I absolutely adore them, lads. I have unbelievable time from, but they're, they're a great bunch, but it's not acceptable. I'd like to play the hard man when, when they're on it. It's not very pleasant when you're trying to manage a team. All you're looking for is a bit of civility and a bit of decency, but they just dismiss you like, like you know, you have nothing to do with the bloody occasion. Oh, hang on. A late, uh, a late weather report. Uh, it's not sunny Melbourne, unfortunately. It's out the window from Johnny Kennedy of the Long Haul Pub in New York, who's in Augusta, and it's absolutely pissing. It's horrific weather. Oh, you can hear it there. Sorry, the sound is up. <laughs> I, I, I saw, I saw that there was like a Good morning, Johnny. So he's obviously in Georgia. Yeah. So there was like a tornado ripped through a part of Georgia the other day on Tuesday. It looked absolutely terrifying. The reports earlier in the week, as Nathan told us, noted meteorologist Nathan Murphy, it'll be grand for Thursday. It doesn't look like it's going to be grand. So uh, we'll see. Maybe it'll be a later than expected start. Will, good morning to you from Sunny Offaly. Yeah, it actually is lovely here. Um, the sign's up for Shane Lowry. You talk about Seamus Power and loving his county and so on. Um, Shane Lowry posters up all across the town in Tullamore and in some of the pubs as well, uh, hoping that maybe the rain might help him to have a good finish this Sunday. That's class. They just put posters up and go, yeah, go on. We Pretty much. Uh, I think a lot of them were kind of put up by the Chamber of Commerce back around the Open, understandably, and then for the Ryder Cup. And seems the same printers have got the job for his latest run to Augusta this time around as well. So, yeah, there's a bit of a kind of a party atmosphere around Lowry this week. And his old club, Esker Hills, are having their kind of annual Augusta fundraiser at this stage. I think that starts later on today, um, ahead of the coverage starting on the TV. So, yeah, there's a real kind of buzz of excitement about Lowry this week. All right, well, fingers crossed he can do something. Uh, right, the hurling. Um, let's get to this, Will. How's it going? How how have the debates been on the podcast about the power rankings in, in recent weeks? Yeah, it's like there's a very different approach with the two guys. So Paul Murphy is very reasonable and conservative, and he's taken championship potential into account when he's looking at where he's going to rank his teams and James Scale has been happy enough to just hot take off the end of every round of the league and just say right Wexford got beaten by 19 let's put them down to 7th and let's put Waterford right up on top and where are we going to put in Limerick so it's been lively debates between the two we'll be doing our big bumper championship preview this weekend which will be out around 7 o'clock on Monday to listen to and you can watch the video next Tuesday but I'm intrigued to see where the guys think the teams are at because now we're looking at a championship which has rolled around a lot quicker Jared. Than usual off the back of the league so I feel like we've got a really good feeling about league form going into the championship but some huge fixtures on the first two weekends of the championship Galway against Wexford particularly uh, Waterford's going up against Tipperary which is a huge game for Tip if they're going to have a chance to come out of Munster because it's very difficult at this stage to call the three teams coming out of Munster particularly but I think as we'll get into the rankings here Leinster is going to be incredibly difficult to call for the three qualifiers as well Yeah I do wonder if it's going to be a completely different championship because the weather and the top of the ground and all that kind of stuff like there's a possibility it's bad weather all the way from now until the end of the hurling season and that will just mean that some teams won't have the advantage that they do have when the weather is that broiling sunshine that we saw for a large portion of last year's championship yeah, perhaps. I mean, the split season has brought this along where we're now getting used to the second week of July being the end of the championship as opposed to really when the hurling championship gets going with quarterfinals and semifinals. So everyone's going to have to adjust. A lot of teams are going to be out of action even by the end of May when the group stages come to an end in the round robin section in both Munster and Leinster. So it's intriguing to see who's going to come out. 
maybe I'll just jump into where we are towards the bottom of the table then because we haven't had an update for a couple of weeks because it was off but the dust has settled now at the end of the league so I think we can be more conclusive about the places so in 24th place we've got Mayo who are relegated to Division 3 for next season very disappointing campaign for them no wins at all and Tyrone will replace them in 2023 in Division 2B Wicklow very disappointing campaign they stayed up just ahead of Mayo in the relegation final uh, but there was a lot more expected of Wicklow in Division 2B this season they're in 23rd unchanged are London in 22nd I thought they were going to be in real relegation trouble when they were hammered by Donegal in the first round it was 316 to 8 points uh, but London rallied with some good results at the end of 2B they just missed out on the semi-finals but were safe of relegation so they say 22nd Donegal one of our big jumpers I think they started the season in 24th they're going to finish it in 21st winning 4 of their 5 games in the regular section of Division 2B the only defeats that they had they lost to the eventual champions Derry and they were 1 point defeat to Sligo in the semi-finals but a really positive start to the year for Donegal Sligo who got to the final in 2B and beat Donegal by a point in the semi they're up to 20th place player to keep an eye out throughout the summer Gerard O'Kelly Lynch he scored 4 goals and 35 points across 5 games in the league which is remarkable scoring uh, from the Sligo chief scorer there Meath come down to 19th place they were relegated to Division 2B you'll remember they started with that win against Kildare which looked like it was going to be a good starting point to stay in Division 2A for next season but went on to lose their next 4 games and they were relegated 18th place are Derry who are on change they're the winners of Division 2B beat Sligo in the final last weekend 123 to 215 uh, building very nicely on their run to the Christie Ring Cup final from last summer and they're up into the 18th place uh, they're unchanged from our last rankings but have jumped up as the season's gone on Kildare jump up after staying up in Division 2A uh, they got a win against Down who got to the final they had a draw at the end of the campaign as well which saw them avoid relegation following a loss to their neighbours Meath in the opening round so Kildare did well to stay in Division 2A should, one of the real disappointments sorry hang on you should all follow Dermot Ling on uh, Instagram he took the Kildare hurlers up to the Hill of Allen and um, they went foraging and camping and cooked a, a raw deer and sang songs and swam in the sea so I'm telling you big things are coming for the Kildare hurlers this year Interesting. Not just the Nace players coming back in, but this retreat may well have been the reason for their upturn in form uh, towards the end of the campaign. But yeah, they stay in Division 2A for next year. Uh, moving on to our 16th to 9th then. 16th place, one of the real disappointments, lads, of this year. Carlo, uh, heading into now a third consecutive year in Division 2A for 2023. Uh, when they got relegated in 2020, the feeling was that their stay in the second division might be a short one. Um, again, they were in second, yeah. it, second place. Sorry, go on. on. You, you, so some of the fallers are worse than the others. Yeah, you've got some in pink. Oh, really? Uh, that might well be just the wrong colour saved in Photoshop. But, uh, yeah, Car- Carlo. I was like, oh, awfully an answer. Car- you've decided something special about this. Yeah, Carlo should just be red in their uh, falls and down. Uh, they were second in 2021. So that was the year that there was a straight promotion where Offaly finished top and there was no league final. Uh, they would have been hopeful of getting to the league final this year, finished up in fourth place and uh, missed out in a place in the final. So um, that draw against Galway a few years ago feels a long time ago now for Carlo. Uh, Carrier down. We don't well. have to do all of these well, you're grand. <laughs> let's, right. keep, let's keep going. We go to the top. They were the McDonough Cup finalists uh, from last year. They would have been hoping to reach the Division 2A final. Give us Very a word on Offaly. What do you think of Offaly? All right, Offaly were relegated, obviously. They lost the one game that mattered. They wouldn't have been expected to win any of the games in Division 1A, but they would have been expected to put up a much better performance against Antrim in the relegation playoff. And real problems, Ushin Kelly's still not back from injury. They've got no primary possession winner in the forward line without Ushin Kelly. Teams have run through the middle, and that's what Antrim did in the relegation playoff. So it looks very difficult for them to overtake Antrim in the McDonough Cup. Those two teams meet in the first round of the McDonough with Antrim at home. Okay. And uh, I think it's going to be difficult for Offaly to reach the final. Okay, so I see Clare in nine. Let's look at the... the 
the uh, the rest of it in in its totality so we can ooh Tipperary are eight the eighth best team in the country Dubliner seven Galway six Kilkenny five Wexford four Limerick three Cork two all <laughs> oh, right Waterford number one I think um Okay, where you you, you sorry, explain to uh, explain us what what are the changes here exactly? Where have Waterford gone from up to to one? So Waterford in the last rankings, which we did middle of last month, I think were in second place, and they've gone up now to first. They've overtaken Cork, understandably after the way they played in the league final. I think Waterford at this stage lads look like they are very realistic championship contenders to Limerick. I would still have Limerick as the favourites going into the championship, but you cannot ignore what Waterford have achieved during this league. Like they're averaging 30 scores a game. They scored again four goals in the league final last weekend. They're just sheer lethalness and single-mindedness to go for goal is remarkable so 15 shots they've had on goal over the last three games they've scored 10 goals so all of them were really really well taken last weekend they were boosted by the fact that Stephen Bennett came back in scored two goals and 11 points they've got Jamie Barron back in training they look the best conditioned team in the country right now and also the team who've got the best options across their panel which is something that Limerick maybe don't quite have if we're looking at the attrition of around Robin and the amount of games that will be played in a 40 day period over the next while so if you're a Waterford fan you're really happy you and when are. I was talking to Michael Ryan the former Waterford boss at the weekend I said how do they kind of keep an edge on this now because there is going to be expectation that Waterford are going to do well he said the key is Liam Cal. he thinks Liam Cal is now the best manager in the country and he says there's no chance that Liam Cal will allow Waterford for the players at least to lose the run themselves after what's happened this year in the I think John Kiley is still the best manager in the country at the moment I mean obviously Brian Cody was and maybe Brian Cody is doing an even better job than everybody to get them to where they are but like there's every chance you're right but like have we not just made a point on the show a couple of weeks ago that it's impossible to know how good the great managers are like how great was Jim Gavin how great was Brian Cody yes there's no question that they were great but the level of their greatness is hard to quantify like how do we know that Liam Cahill actually just isn't the best manager in the country oh yeah look this is me giving Michael Ryan's opinion listen I actually think that Michael Ryan or sorry um, Liam Cahill has to go on to win in All-Ireland to be considered ahead of Kylie in any way look look at everything that Kylie has won over the last four years where Limerick have been almost perfect it's not just been the three All-Ireland titles that they've collected they've also competed with the exception of this year and the Covid year of last year exceptionally well in the league they've run off Munster Championships we saw the best comeback win in recent years against Tipperary last year when they were really up against it what defeat have they had outside of that one semi-final against that- Kenny work can he really rattle them that that's tip, remarkable consistency that tip game needs a 30 for 30 yeah like yeah. I think we just kind of we kind of glossed over it it was a massive bomb going off yeah like, Tipperary, Tipperary have never been the same no and like even the like the characters on both sides like the the, the sheedy roar at half time yeah uh, that, that's like a the pretty, empty stadium the nearly empty stadium but like still enough people for you to go oh, what's going on here and the red card that wasn't like yeah. Uh, big, big moments. Big, big moments. Kyle Hayes' goal, which is one of the best goals we've ever seen in championship as well, it's just a remarkable game. Yeah, well, can I, like this obviously is, is interesting. Like if we'd gone back maybe eighteen months and Waterford had put up this sort of league, we'd be like, okay, that's Limerick's kryptonite right there. Goals, goals, goals would beat Limerick. It does feel that after last year, though, Limerick had got to a level where it was like, it doesn't matter, Limerick can now add a goal to their game. You mentioned the Kyle Hayes goal and the goals that he scored last year. That seemed to have been something that they worked on last year. So are they, are they actually just ahead of the curve here completely? And no matter what Waterford can do in terms of getting green flags, it actually just won't matter if Limerick hit, hit that level again. Well, the kryptonite's an interesting point because Limerick supporters will be the first one who will 
be listening or watching to us this morning and will say, look, the last few times that Limerick have met Waterford in meaningful games, Limerick have come out on top. Yeah. And we didn't get to see them play each other in the league this year. So that makes that game in the second round of the Munster Championship all the more intriguing. That Where is you're it? looking at a Limerick, a Limerick team, lads, who've had three or four weeks now to get everything right after the league finished. I think of all the teams who would have wanted to play in the knockout stages, it didn't really matter to Limerick because of the bank of work that they have over the last four years and the amount of winning that they've had. I'm sure that they have been able to just fine-tune the little bits and pieces that they need to get right for championship. And if they can keep their... like we talked about their flaws in the last few updates on the power rankings but if they keep 15 men on the field they still have got probably three of the best five players in the country right now they've got the best starting 15 the only real doubt you'd have maybe Peter Casey's injury takes a bit away from their forward line but with the one hand that takes away the other hand give it and like Colin O'Neill has been brilliant for them during the league yeah. he looks like a real find and could be a championship starter played really well for the Limerick 20s uh, last night in their win against Clare so um... I think Limerick are not too far off where they were going into last year and they'll be very quick to point out they started the league very slowly in 2021 middle of the summer they were the best team the um, 23rd of April that's a Saturday evening 7 o'clock in the Gaelic grounds that game so yeah. hopefully that's a complete sellout uh, Damien says it's 27 degrees and sunny in Brisbane that sounds about right that's what we're talking about uh, Rory says good morning guys from sunny Madrid a little bit of hyper atmosphere here after last night's performance Tori says listening from sunny Zurich looking out onto Zurich Lake it's a mood booster it makes listening to ye complain a little easier beautiful spot <laughs> Is it? Yeah, absolutely amazing. The FIFA Museum just around the corner, of course, but... 27 quid a pint. Yeah, worth every penny. Uh, Brian says, which county has the best combined football and har- uh, football and hurling power ranking? Ordinarily, this would have been just one answer. It would have been Cork, but it's probably Dublin now, is it? Good, Galway. Where, where are... Dublin are ahead of Galway in your rankings. Where are the dubs? Can we stick that, yeah. stick that back up? Got, oh, yeah, no, it's It's a dub. Seventh place. It is a dubs. But you have to move up fourth or fifth, though. Yeah, fourth. So, so very briefly, you, you, I think it's clear from your list. It's Cork coming out alongside Waterford and Limerick. Should be based right. on what we've seen so far, but like loads of doubts about Cork lads based on the way that they've defended, uh, particularly against Waterford last weekend, where they left the door open so often for Waterford to run through them. I kind of agree with Owen Cadigan's assessment, and he's just out of the Cork panel, so he knows them far more intimately than I do that he thinks there might be too many stickmen in the Cork defence and not enough defenders who are there to actually stop players coming through. Cork will play really nice hurling, they will come out with the ball. These are all the things that we've praised throughout the league, they've got so much firepower up front. But last week, you'd have to really question the lack of intensity in the second half at Semple Stadium and also the way that they defended. Similarly, Wexford, who've been really good and actually had the best you know, defence in the regular section of the league, were exposed by Waterford and left wide open in that game in Nolan Park when they were routed. So they're big question marks when you're only a few weeks away from Championship. You don't quickly solve them. Yeah, I just am not writing them off on the basis of that performance. I think that, that like it's fixable in terms of sweepers and you know, there's, a, there's a game plan that you can fix for that, I think. Um, why they didn't do it against Waterford, I'm not sure. That would definitely give you a cause for concern. But I still think that they're. I still think they're going to come out. But in in Leinster, I don't have a clue what's going to happen. No, neither do I. I mean, like Kilkenny really improved after their defeat against Tipperary. And that was understandable when some players were coming back in from a combination of injury and playing with Ballyhale in the All-Ireland Club Championship. The fact of it is that Kilkenny have found two players in key positions in Mikey Butler and in David Blanchfield. David Blanchfield was probably fine to the league at wing-back for Kilkenny. He was brilliant throughout the campaign. And Kilkenny like, beat Waterford in the last round of the league to qualify. All right, they let six points slip against Cork at Porky Cueve, but again, they did okay to get to the semi-finals. Quietly, they've been kind of building along. 
they really shell-shocked Dublin when they met in the regular section of the league back at Parnell Park, which would indicate that Kilkenny might have Dublin's number. But who's going to finish in the top three places? If you take, I think Kilkenny are going to be one of the three, but it's very difficult to tell whether it's going to be Wexford, Galway, Dublin who are going to uh, come along with them. If Galway, very, don't, very if Galway don't make it, is that a disaster for, for them or is that just an indication of actually there's long-term deep-seated issues there? Well, yeah, just, sorry, just to layer another question onto that, Will. The, the expectation after Henry took over was this is potentially number two team in the country. Yeah. So I would say that that's, but maybe that's just that external noise painting it as a disaster, but I would say it surely is, no? No, look, I think they had a mixed bag of a league. Like, on the positive side, you would say they went to the Gaelic grounds, they matched Limerick physically and beat them and were really impressive that night a couple of months ago. Then, look, they had kind of indifferent results after that. Losing to Wexford meant it was always going to be difficult for them to qualify for the semi-finals of the league. And, look, their last few games didn't really matter because they knew with two rounds to go that they weren't going to qualify for the knockout stages. I thought they were pretty decent. I still think, like, they've got so much talent, particularly across that forward line, that Galway can be really good. There's no doubt that they could be a semi-finalist at the end of this year. I'd be surprised if they beat Waterford or Limerick but then again they might not have to beat Waterford or Limerick later this year depending on what happens in Munster and who comes out there but I don't know I'm kind of thinking on the face of the talent that they have Galway should come out but I've been fairly impressed with Wexford with the exception and the very important caveat performance against Dublin in the Walsh Cup final performance against Waterford in the semi-final everything in between that was really good and for Dublin pretty much everything outside the Kilkenny game was pretty good so it's going to be a right old fight to see who comes out of those uh, three teams because I think there's two places available for those three yeah alright Will good stuff not bad power rankings I have to say you know you've, um, you've certainly saved some face as the season has worn on congratulations and I'm looking forward to your championship edition can Cheers. I say a very quick word to yeah. Down lads who are one of the massive jumpers Down went up to 13th place very unlucky not to be promoted this is the vagrancy of the league where there's only one place for the teams in Division 2A to go up to the top flight for next season almost got promotion for the first time since 2007 to Division 1 beat Kerry beat Westmead in the regular section they've got a lot to build on the Joe McDonough Cup I know I had a few down supporters onto me seeing where they would go they've gone up ahead of Offaly uh, Kerry and Carlo so really good year for Down Comco says Tipperary getting major disrespect here I mean, it might be right though. Like, it, it'd be a surprise for them to come through given what we've seen and the injury problems they have. And Shifty Lad says, Will, most underrated presenter, producer out there. Hurling power rankings are great stuff. Eric Donovan, podcast producer too. Always a great listen. Wholeheartedly. Well, though it's kind of like describing Paul Scholes as underrated. It just like gets uh, underrated so much. We, we respect the, the Willow Callahan level here, Shifty Lad. I can I can assure Shifty Lad as well that is not a burner account of mine. <laughs> wow, I mean that would be oh, that, that'd be quite the revelation. It would be quite the revelation. I'm trying to stop my headphones being ripped out by Hank at the same time underneath my chair, so it's definitely not me writing on YouTube at the we, same time. We still haven't done Hank's uh, GA predictions yet. No, and I did record a test video with him as well. He, I have to try and find two treats that he particularly likes exactly the same because he gets confused if you put two that he's kind of indifferent about and he kind of goes, why are you trying to give me two of them? Just give me one. So once I can work that out, I will video it up and he can uh, do some predictions ahead of championship. Thanks, be Yeah, championship ready Hank is what we need. Are you giving him some screen time here this morning, you know, to help this get an extra 10,000 views? Can do, yeah. I know Colin Boog in the background was having a look earlier when he was ripping my shoes. Uh, there he oh, is. he's getting bigger. Hank he's getting very big now at this stage, yeah. He is. He's probably ready for his breakfast around about now, which it seems to be my headphones. But uh, yeah, no, he's a good boy. He <laughs> generally behaves himself, lads. All right. Well, we'll let you both go and have your breakfast. Well, good stuff. Thanks a million. That's Thanks, his hurling power rankings. 
I absolutely adore them lads. I have unbelievable time for them, but they're, they're a great bunch, but it's not acceptable.